Hello, Salah fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the Shrews Views podcast with me, Johnny Drury, and as ever, your Salop correspondent, Mr. Ollie Westby, which for what again, I'm sure is going to be a pretty negative uh, negative podcast on the back of what I've seen described in many, many different ways, but a pretty dour afternoon, the latest dour afternoon at the Crowd Meadow. We've got plenty to discuss, a lot of questions from you Salop fans, but first of all, I'll Football aside, how are you, mate? You all right? No, I'm all right, mate. It was a it was a dark day. A dark day. Dark not as dark. Day. Not there's nothing dark about what I've got in front of me on the screen at the moment. I've got a smiling Ollie Westbury with a, a pretty rascal pink bobble hat on. Um, although I did call him out off the uh, off air saying you men are wearing bobble hat over your ears, but I'm told it's a bit of a fact, a fashion statement slash uh, covering up the hair today. He doesn't want to see his. He doesn't want me to see his uh, his messy hair. Um. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I have this conversation with my other half all the time, right? So, so my, 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 I'm, tr- I'm trying to grow my hair a bit because you know there's going to come a day where I'm going to be bald. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so my attitude is that while I'm not bald, I'm going to grow it a bit longer. You're going to have it um, as long as you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the plan anyway. Is to to kind of have it long while it is long, and then when it when it when it kind of falls out, then I'll just embrace the baldness. Embrace it. Um, no, that's not a bad. That's my logic. It's not. Yeah, I've never really talked about that way, but not a bad way to uh, to talk about it. But like you said, your uh, your hat is uh, is very colourful. It's pink. Shrews- it's pink. Yeah. It's pink. It's pink. Yeah. Shrewsbury's performance on Saturday certainly was not. As we said, we've got plenty to talk about. We're going to talk about Saturday's game. We're going to talk about the uh, the news last week of Daniel Luna's contract off. We'll have a little bit of a talk about. Um, obviously, we're still in the January transfer window, and Shrewsbury are desperate to bring in new players, certainly strikers. Um, and then we'll have a look ahead to. Uh, the game on Saturday because it does not get any easier for Salop. But first of all, I'll, I've got a very basic question written down, down on here. And this is based on the reaction that I saw um, from Shrewsbury fans to the, the results and the performance on Saturday. And also just the way it was described. I listened to a bit of the verdict on the on the way home from the game that I was uh, was uh, was covering the, the, the verdict on Radio Shropshire. And it was just... Yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad. But my question to you, all is how bad was it on Saturday? Well, you asking for a grade out of 10? Yeah, go on then. We'll, we'll, get, we'll do an out of 10. <laughs> what, and, uh, what, so 10 being the worst and 1 being it was epic or the other way around? Other way around. So 1 the worst, 10 the best. To be fair. Well, it... Two, maybe. Two. Give it a two. I two, had a catch two, up. Two. I had a catch up with a few with a few Shrewsbury pals of mine in the stands underneath the game. I had a nice balty pie and uh I had a, a, a trip to Lidl before the game, which was a, a great success as well. Is that what so, contributed yeah. to the two? Is that what contributed to the yeah, two? Yeah, that's the only there. reason it's not a one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> football wise, it was a one. No doubt about it. Um but you know, there are a few things that perked up the day. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I, I, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was gone awful. It was, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, just the game in general, I think is the worst thing. I mean, at one stage, um, I think Stevenage lumped the ball forward for like the fifth time in succession, about five players, I think two Stevenage and then three Shrewsbury players all kind of challenged for the ball. It was headed up in the air and then about five players ran after it and then it ended up being kifed in the air again and it was just like oh my god what is this um yeah it was just a 
a direct physical um, game of well, there was only there was in 96 minutes there was one moment of quality in the whole game, and that was their goal. And to be fair, it was a great ball through and a great first touch, and somebody who's obviously in good goal scoring form kind of slotted it past Marco Morosi and into the into the back of the net. So that was it then. Um, yeah, the only real moment of uh, any quality in in what was overall. I can't if somebody could if people want to reply to this podcast uh, the tweet when we put it out and and give us their one word adjective to describe the game um then please do because I would be interested to see if we can find what the best word is to describe the game as a whole on Saturday um because I've seen a lot you know, I've seen a lot of different ones why yeah, why was it why was it so bad on swear. yeah why was it so you know what was it about it that was so bad? You know, we talked, didn't we, after the the the, um, the Wrexham game, saying that they were, you know, I, I mean, you said there were little green shoots of in the last couple of weeks of, of you could see a few positives, but performances didn't matter about performance. It was just about results. But you know, obviously the result wasn't there, and the performance wasn't there on Saturday. You know, what was it? Did it just look like it never? It was never going to get going right from the very off. There was something, you know, there, there obviously has been something off for a while because of Shrewsbury's form and, and the way they've been playing. But what? What made this unique that it was it was so bad? Because from the way I've described it, it's probably going to be the worst performance of the season. I heard a few people on the radio describe it as the worst they've seen Salah play in years, many many years. Well, I said in my post-match video that's the worst game of football I've ever seen, um, and it was it, it was. And you've been, and as a West Brom fan, I know you've watched a lot of bad games over the years. Over the years, as yeah. a, as well have I. It was, yeah, it it was just. Um, yeah, it, it was it, it was it was because it was so direct. Everything it was just kind of there was just no quality. I don't think at any stage we saw really any more than three passes strung together in any one passage of play. Um, you know, there were free kicks. The game was broken, and nothing happened as well. Like nothing happened. There wasn't a chance. There wasn't. I mean, I watched the Sky Sports. You know, you know the highlights package that you get in the League One highlights, and I watched. But that was. But that was short. And there was a header in the second half from one of um from one of um, the Stevenage players, I think it was Presley, uh, at the back post, and he headed it at Morosi. And if Morosi hadn't have been there, it wouldn't have gone in anyway because the, the header had such little pace on it, it wouldn't have crossed the line. And that featured in the highlights package. And I think that kind of summed it up. Like there was just absolutely, there was just nothing, just nothing happened. And then what did happen was just horrible to watch. Um and it really was just, it was just a, a really, really poor game. Um, I don't think it helped by, you know, Shrewsbury knew what they were going to get. They knew that they were going to bombard them aerially, uh, Stevenage, uh, 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 and they kind of picked the team accordingly. And I feel like perhaps maybe they set out their stall to, that was the way that they decided they were going to play, um, you know, with the four centre-backs. And, you know, there was very little, I mean, it was four centre-backs, there was, you know, Mal Benning. Um, I think it was a four-three-three. Uh, Matt Matt Taylor said at the end at the end of the game that they went to a to a four at the back, and I must admit it wasn't something that I noticed uh, over the course of the game. But it looked as if Mal Benning was in like on the left side of like a, a midfield three, I suppose, uh, with Cole Winchester and Noan Kenner. But yeah, it, it was just there was. But obviously he's a left wing back. Obviously you've got. Uh, Jordan Shipley, who spent most of his time playing at left wing, back, playing as a left forward. You've got Tamisi Sabawale, who's a 
who's a right wing back playing as the right forward. So the, you're kind of you're looking at and then you've got two holes in the field as well. Much. Yeah, so it's no surprise that there was no attacking flair in, in Towns' team, really. It just felt, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not a football manager, you know, and I don't pretend to be an expert on football, but kind of when you've got that many defensively minded players on a football pitch, it's no surprise that you can't really string too many passes together. Um, you know, in one viewing, I do understand. And, and I, to be fair, one thing that I must uh, add in there is that Elliot Bennett had a had a slight knock, so I don't think he could start. So I think that played a part as well in the team selection. Um, so you must take that. And I do understand why, you know, they wanted to pick a team to to kind of counteract the opposition strengths. But but what it did is just take any form of attacking threat away from town um, completely. And yeah, it it was just it was just it was just an awful game. And and by the way, I saw a couple of Stevenage fans on Twitter saying that the Trues became a part of the bus. And to be honest, I don't think they did. Um, they just weren't very good. And I think it was the same for them. I thought they were just awful as well. They were they were they were they were they were, they were dire. Um, yeah. It was just a bad game. A game low on quality. And um, Trues came out. And to be fair, a nil nil would have was a fair result. Obviously, they had that one chance in the end, which kind of came from a lapse in concentration in the 85th minute. But nil-nil would have been a fair result. Uh, neither side deserved to win it. Um, it was a bit of a travesty that one team came away with three points from that game. To be completely honest with you. Yeah, it's um, the the amount of words I've seen, as I've said before, I've seen it described is uh, says everything really. I've also heard people talking about you know I we hear this word all the time, don't we? For identity and. And there was a fan who was talking after the game. Um, I thought he made quite a lot of sense from what I've seen of Shoes. But anyway, he said, you know, the first few weeks of Matt Taylor's reign, he talked about identity and you could almost see what they were trying to do, trying to play a bit. You know, that's what type of player Matt Taylor was as a, a as a player and a very good player at that. But at the moment, it just seems that there's no no cohesion, no no identity and, and, and real question marks around the way Shoes were actually, actually trying to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't bring any um, any form of I can't shed any light. I, I don't know either, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's a valid point. I, I don't look I don't look at the Shrewsbury team at the moment and see what they're trying to do. I'm afraid um, it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's hard. It's it's hard to see what 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 you're watching them and you're you're looking for positives to see. But you know, after that on Saturday, it's very you know. I felt it was a real, I know it's, it's, it's an overused phrase, but I felt like it was the, you know, the common case of one step forward, two steps back. I thought Wrexham and Fleetwood were, were good performances. Um, you know, a good result against Fleetwood and then a a, a, a good performance, but, but un, an unfortunate result against Wrexham. But, you know, after that on Saturday, um, you can understand all the frustration because it was truly, truly, truly awful. So, um yeah, it's 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 a real shame because I think I wrote in my piece this morning that you know Matt Taylor is a stand-up guy, but he's coming in for a lot of criticism at the moment, and it's not all just Matt Taylor's fault. It never is, is it? Um, but, but unfortunately, as the manager, um, he's the one who takes the brunt of the criticism, isn't he? He's the one who kind of he's always there in front of the press answering the questions, and to be fair, he stands up and and he answers them. In fairness to him, he kind of he said he said on Saturday that you know you don't you don't take on a position as, as a head coach unless you expect to get criticised and you can't just kind of look, give yourself a pat on the back when it's going well because 
you know, you suppose, I suppose as a football manager, you get judged the most when it's not going so well, don't you? And that is certainly the case for what it's doing at Shrewsbury at the moment. It is going pretty poorly indeed. Yeah, it's, um, we've all seen the scenes at the end of the game, you know, chanting from certain section supporters, you know, some sack in the morning chants, Andy Taylor chants. And he's been very defiant in, you know, like you said, there he fronts up with the press and fair play to him, but he's been very defiant in his, in his sort of messages. I know in his piece with you today, he sort of talked about, you know, if he didn't think he'd turn around, he might as well go and hand his notice in now, you know, which is a valid point. He's not going to just kind of walk away, you know, and I'm sure he does believe he can probably get the best out of the players, but it's certainly not happening at the moment. Do you, it's an awkward question, really, Ollie, but do you, how do you see sort of, I know you talk about them attacking options, don't you? And that makes a big difference, the fact that you had so many defensive players on the field, but the bottom line is they should be playing better than they were playing on uh, on Saturday and certainly in performances but how do you see it it's the million dollar question isn't it but can you see it turning turning around you know we, we always we've talked about before you know don't really take public opinion from social media take it from the fans in the ground boots on the you know boots on the ground or boots on the terraces and from the reaction on on Saturday it seems very difficult it's very difficult to see how those supporters are going to change their their minds when it's so it was as ferocious as it was on Saturday I think I think the challenge is is that I think is it in life or is it just in sport in general? Um, you kind of have things, you have scenarios where um, you have trends, don't you? Um, so if something happens for a section of games and there's a trend, then or something happens continuously, then you kind of look at it and think, well, is this actually a problem or is this just a coincidence? But I think Shrewsbury's goal-scoring record now is so far past the coincident point. You know, it, it's untrue. Um, they are just not, it, it, you know, the stats tell you, the XG tells you that they're not creating enough. Um, the stats tell you, um, the goal score tell you that they're not creating enough. Um, and the results are starting to tell you that they're not creating enough. And I think that's the pro- The problem is, is that we've had this problem there for so long and, and so long we've, kind of waited to try and hopefully see some form of improvement and it's just not it's just not come as it, it it's just not happened um they're not the team it, it, they're not getting any better at it are they um and, and i suppose that is the biggest problem um and that's what makes you think well um who where where, where are we going from here like you know we keep we keep making the same mistakes we, we still can't score and I don't really know what else Matt Taylor can do, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else, what 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 else, what else he can do um, to, to change things up, to try yeah. and, you know, they will have to dust themselves down this week and and, and kind of go again. But uh, I, I don't know from from watching that game on Saturday, like kind of, you know, the personnel the. There was some, maybe I thought Roland Idaho did okay when he came on for for ten minutes or so, but and the subs made a bit of a difference. But you know maybe it was just because it was a game against Stevenage. But things don't get any easier, do they? I mean they're playing Peterborough this weekend. I mean they're what promotion, automatic promotion chasing Peterborough, so it ain't going to get no easier for him. Um, no, he's going to be trying uh, to find their answers on the on the training pitch. Yeah, he's going to be trying to find those answers on the training pitch whilst preparing his side to to go away where they've only scored three goals all season. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a really tough spot that Shrewsbury find themselves in at the minute, and yeah, not a nice one. It's not nice. It's not nice at all. And I feel for I feel for for, for the fans because 
think you, you would have seen in my newsletter comment this morning if you were a fan and you, you kind of paid to watch that football on on Saturday then you'd be questioning whether yeah yeah we certainly didn't get anywhere near your, your money's worth um speaking of fans we've got an awful lot of questions in today so we're going to go through as many of them as we can before we, we touch on a couple of other issues and uh, and look ahead to that daunting trip to Peterborough. Um, Jay Tal has got in touch. Do the fans have visions of grandeur? Won't every League One season be a battle until the club is sold? Shouldn't new structural approach be given more of a chance? Or are all of the above too much to stomach because the style of football we are forced to watch is so appalling? A um, few questions in there. Um, won't every League One season be a battle until the club is sold? Um, it's, a very, it's a very big question. Um, and one that's probably diff- quite difficult to answer. Or you know, we've got a, we've got a tweet above that, that references that Paul Hurst season where, where Shrewsbury did really well, which is maybe a little bit of an outlier in terms yeah. of Salop's overall League One performances since. But is it you know? I think you can't get away from the fact that Shrewsbury are a small club, in, a smaller club in League One. You know, yeah. League One maybe isn't as strong as it was last season, but still a very strong league. Um, but just I want to just ask you about the the, the question. You had, Shouldn't the new structural approach be given more of a chance? I think there is referencing the fact that you know you've got a head coach, and the director of football. You know we've got plenty of questions about Mickey Moore um, in the you know, before the end of the pod. But should it be given more of a of a chance? You know, football is a results business, and the results aren't going well at the moment. And when they're not, that's when questions get asked. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Should it... And you also don't get a lot of time in football anymore. No, no, you don't. You don't. Uh, Mickey Moore said that at the start of the season, isn't he? he? Says one thing that everybody wants is time, and the one thing that you don't get is is time. Um, I don't. I don't know whether it's just. just I don't think. I don't, personally, I don't believe it's a structural problem. Um, for so many clubs that have got directors of footballs and head coaches, for me, I, I don't. I don't. I don't care what anyone says. In my personal opinion, it makes that makes no difference. Um, I, I just feel as though that that I suppose they've, they've got to make sure that you know that that I suppose they've got to do a better job, haven't they? I think that's the that's the the point. I think the manager's got to take some responsibility for the run of form and you know the goals. I think Mickey will have to take some responsibility for for the recruitment and you know obviously bringing in someone like a Max Matter and that signing's just not worked, has it? So I don't necessarily think it's the structure, but perhaps the the way that it it you know that, that it's not come off so far as it in terms of what they've tried to put in place that doesn't mean that it won't come off and and but i don't i don't think that it's the stru- it's a problem with the structure um you know not every signing works out for not every signing works out for a club and there's just been such a high volume of turnover in players that it's just not it's just not it's just not worked as of yet has it it's not it's not worked um so yeah, um, it's just a really difficult position to be in. It's a, it's a very difficult question to answer. Um, but 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 to this stage, I don't think that the director of football and the head coach model um, is a bad model. Uh, I just think it perhaps hasn't quite been executed to this point as well as the the club would have liked it to. I'd say that's yeah. probably my answer to that question. Yeah, the question we've also got here from Sal at Dutch Corn is a little bit similar. He says our goals per game ratio of the Hurst 17-18 season was only 1.3 last season. Um, was almost the same 1.1. Peterborough currently two. Um, we are on 0.6. Do we ex- accept we will always be a pragmatic League One side, or do we have to return to League Two to score more goals? I don't. I don't. No, I don't. 
necessarily think so. You know, you, obviously, all you see a lot more Shubi than me, but you know, we see a lot of other clubs further down the division these days playing, you know, attractive football, passing football, scoring lots of goals. You know, it, it is possible. And there are, for me, when you look at that Shrewsbury squad, there are talented players in that Shrewsbury squad. It just doesn't seem to be working at the moment. Yeah, I think that's it. I just think it's just not working at the moment. I think I can completely understand the Shrewsbury fans' frustration because it's not it's not like we're, we're not playing well, but it's not like we're not getting results, but we're playing teams off the park, creating loads of chances. We're playing a really, like, a, a good football that's nice on the eye. I mean, it was something that was said that we'd like to try and play a little bit more football at the start of the year, and that's just, you know, it's just not quite happened. And I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? it, it the results aren't coming. There's, there's little to no entertainment for the fans because we're not scoring enough goals. It, that, that's just, it's just a simple fact, isn't it? Like the, the goal scoring record, there's no reason for the fans to kind of get off their seat in kind of excitement because, you know, sadly too often it, it, the, the opposition is scoring and, and it ends up Shrewsbury Town nil. So I think that's, that, that, that's, that's the problem. I think fans just want to be entertained. I think I personally, I believe the fans can cope with losing, but a lot of it is, it, it, it is the way that at times we've lost the games that is just as big of the problem. Um, and, you know, maybe if there were some games where we were going and we were creating a stack of chances, missing them and losing 3-2 um, and, and being involved in entertaining games, then, you know, I can really, I can perhaps see it. But, you know, at the moment, we're, that's 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 not that's not quite the case, is it? Um, and, yeah, results are just, uh, just yeah, they're just not going away. I, th- I think fans have got a reasonable expectation to regardless of budgets and regardless of, of whatever they might might be going on to, to expect better than what, what has been delivered with, with the with the players that they have. Um I would say there's an underachievement going on with the, the squad available um and they should be able to do a lot better than you know, kind of what the the seventeen goals in twenty seven games that they have managed to accumulate. Um because it's not like you know, the big thing is it's not it's not like they banged down the door and missed absolute sitters, and that stat doesn't fit. That stat fits. That stat's fairly yeah, accurate. Yeah, it does, doesn't that, it? Yeah, they, they just they're not creating and they're not scoring. No, no, no. It's it's not it's not like it's a fluke. It, it, it matches the statistics and it matches the trends of how games have been, uh, and the games that, and the reason that Town have actually got the points tally that they have is that they've kind of managed to win certain games, uh, lots of games one nil. Um, so. So yeah, and the clean sheets seem to have uh, gone by the wayside in recent times. They kind of uh, lost that kind of clean sheet impetus. So you know, this run of form, as it always does, kind of brings around uh, challenging moments. But you know, they really need to start getting some wins on the board. Yeah, Dave has got in touch. Is money and a payoff the reason Taylor hasn't been sacked? There doesn't seem to be any other plausible reason. I doubt that would be the case. Oh, if the club wanted to sack him, I'm sure they, they would. Um, is it just the case that, you know, they're not at that stage at the moment? I can't imagine it would be payoff related. No, I don't think it's, I don't think it'd be payoff related. Um, yeah, I just imagine that at the moment that the, the club are not in a position where they feel like they need to make a change yet. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a financial, a financial decision that's kind of holding them off. Um, so yeah, it'll just be a case of whenever they feel like it's gone too far and it's completely, I suppose, irreparable will be the the the, the decision that needs to be made if or when that time comes. Yeah. 
Steve has got in touch. What's the crack with Jack Price? Lots of rumours he's training with the squad and signing, but never seen a story. Can you confirm? Now, this, this is a rumour that's been doing the rounds for a number of months, isn't it, old uh, Jack Price, former Wolves man, been playing out for Colorado Rapids in the MLS for uh, for a few years. Left there, I think, earlier this oh, earlier last year. Um, obviously, from the area, um, sort of rumours linking him with town. Is there anything in that? Oh, obviously, there's been nothing concrete about that, but we've all seen the rumours. Uh, yeah, I would say, uh, I mean, you have to be very careful with saying no to things because, like, as we've seen with journalists in the past, they've said no, that that's not true, and then it's come out. Um, things can so change very quickly, can't they? Things can change very quickly, can't they? Um, so you have to be very careful ruling things out, but but I do not expect to see Jack Price in a Shrewsbury Town shirt. Just, just full stop, I suppose. Well, at any time soon, anyway. Yeah. Um, but from some, from from what I understand, he's had offers from the championship. Um, so yeah, and I, and as far as I'm aware, I don't think Shrewsbury would be able to afford his wages either. So I just don't think it's, um, yeah, I just I just don't think there's anything in it. Uh, no. I think it was similar to the Damudo um, transfer request that, that I keep seeing people harping on about. It's, it's, it, there was never ever ever anything in that. Um, People putting two and two together and maybe yeah, coming up with yeah, five a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Charles Crossland, um, how how much say does Mickey Moore have on match days? Um, well, I imagine that this is something in relation to substitutions um, because I keep seeing this everywhere and it drives me up the wall a little bit. Is that people keep saying that Mickey Moore's the person um, on the radio? The person that Marcus Bignot has on the radio is the analysts. The analysts sit up above the stands and they watch the game. I think they're by the cameras actually at Shrewsbury, but we we see the analysts a lot. They're the ones who have the other end of the mic, the other end of the thingy. Uh, Mickey Moore sits next to the chairman in the stands. Um, and although Matt might, I have maybe at one time or another seen Matt kind of look up to Mickey, but I mean Mickey Moore's not having. He doesn't have anything to do with with. Um, yeah, with match days, it's, it's the coaching staff that do that. Um, so yeah, that's that's another one of these rumours that's flying around that that kind of people get and then they they kind of run away with. But you know, he, he's not making the substitutions. Um, I, I'm absolutely sure of that. Um, so yeah, it's just a it's just a bit of a it's another non-starter, I suppose. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So that that's who that's who they're on the phone on the on the ear odds to or what their their adapter is it's to speak to the analysts about tactics and, and, and shape and, and all that kind of jazz um and i know that for a fact because like when you go away and and the analysts actually sometimes sit near the press box and you can you can see them with the with the uh, the earpiece in um so yeah don't know where that's come from yeah that one clears up michael Pugh, is it now clear that matt taylor and perhaps mickey moore have lost the fans. Um, we referenced this a little bit earlier, didn't we, all with the chanting and stuff, and how it's difficult to to come back. What do you make of that one? Um, I would say that the chanting was pretty was pretty bad on on Saturday, um, and I would say it probably does look a long way back from this position. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it just just it look it look it feels like it's like like a long way back from from here for 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 them really um i'm not sure how you know that the fans were they made their opinions heard didn't they um and i always say i said it to you last time didn't i the the test is the ground test um it always is that's how you know how a fan base is feeling 
by the boos and the reaction um, at full time. So um, we saw that, didn't we? Um, we saw that at full time on Saturday. Um, it was pretty hostile. Um, and the only way to turn it around is to get results. But but kind of one result now, it's not enough. It needs to be uh, a, str- a string of runs, a, st- a string of wins kind of together. Um, the kind of uh, and and even then, I, th- I feel like the doubts are probably still uh, are kind of set in. It's you know it's a really it's a really difficult position to be in um, at the moment. So so I mean I don't know, but the reaction that I see from the fans doesn't seem good at the moment. It seems as though they've very much kind of made their mind up on what direction that they feel that, th- that this is kind of going down and 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 yeah, that's where we are at the moment. Um, so it feels like it does. It does feel like a long way back. I won't lie. It, it feels like that. We've got a. We've got a, what looks like a bit of a statement from Salabcast. Um, if you are tracing the issues back and the roots, you might need a few hours. Um, yeah, we're not going to be here for a few for a few hours. But uh, but yeah, cheers for getting in touch. Um, Callum yeah, McLennan. We might be. We yeah, might, yeah, we, we could, could be trying uh, to, to to kind of diagnose the issues right from the start. Yeah, I feel like uh, we might be on this Zoom call for quite a while and yeah. have some stories to write. And so. I'm and I'm finishing in two hours, so yeah, we can't stay. Uh, we can't stay. Can't stay too long. Um, Callum McLennan's got in touch. Um, I think he wants the answers to wants us to answer all his prayers. I think he's got in touch with that many questions. Um, is sacking the manager, the director of football, and the chairman financially viable? Now we talked about the manager. You can't really sack the chairman because he owns the club. Um, and I can't yeah, imagine he's going to sack the director of football anytime soon. Um, um, who who would buy the club? Is the second question. Um, another difficult one to answer. All. He's also said, who could manage the club to stay in League One? Who is available now? Um, again, a difficult one to answer. But one one that I think is worth talking about is what a change in tactics with the same players be rewarded in results. Now yeah, we've I talked tactics, we've talked systems, haven't we? Yeah, I think if anyone's likely to go, I would have said that it would be the manager or the head coach. Uh, don't expect there to be... The whole point of having a director of football, the whole reason that the model works, is that they're the consistent, and yet, OK, they might get decisions wrong, they might make appointments wrong, and you know they might be the wrong appointment, but the, the, whole, the whole reason for it is, is that, you know, if so you don't go from... You know, I've seen it at clubs before when you go from having a manager that wants to play out from the back and wants to play this attacking style of football. And then you go to somebody who wants to kind of play like Tony Pulis uh, and he wants to kind of bank up five, wants to pick centre half at, at full back, wants to have the, the tallest team in the league and score goals from set pieces and win one or two nil and play absolutely zero football whatsoever. And I think that's what this does. It the, the idea is that, that the director of football is in place to, so that even if they can't get it right with, with one manager, that, that they can make a change and they can try and keep some form of consistency. Because otherwise what happens is you have one you have one manager who signs a load of players and then you get your new manager comes in who then decides he don't want all of them and all you just constantly yeah. have is just a huge turnover. of Big cycle. We see it in other clubs, don't we? We see it all the yeah. time. Time. So that is the point of the director of football is so that they can the whole the whole point of the coach is to improve the players and to get the best out of the players, um, and that way then you have some level of consistency. So I would have said if there was to a change to be made, I, I wouldn't have said that the director of football 
although I'm sure at some stage there is probably some, you know, criticism to be made of, of, of you know, probably so far some of the, the sign-ins have probably not quite been ideal, but I also think that, you know, you can get sign-ins wrong, can't you? You can get decisions wrong. So I, personally, I would be, be willing to kind of, you know, see see where we go with that one and kind of see, see. I'm I'm keen to, I don't want to judge, judge based on one transfer window. I feel like it'd take a bit of time to kind of, I know we've signed a lot of players, but, but I don't really want to judge on one transfer window. So I, I feel that if there is a change to be made, pers- it, it feels like, the man, it, it it could be the the coach that that kind of would, would pay the would probably pay the price with his job. Um, I think that is what the whole point of this model is. I don't know what you think, Johnny, but yeah, no, they are these directors of football that they are supposed to be the consistent. They are supposed to be, yeah. And what do you think? No, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, I've seen it at other clubs that I've sure covered and followed, and and yeah, the, you know, the director of football, the technical director, as it's called in a lot of roles, is is that, you know, and, the, and there is a model in place and it's the manager that changes when things aren't going right. You know, we say there's a model in place. That model at the moment is obviously, it's not working in terms of the players that have come in or whether that is the manager. But like you said, the manager will be the one that carries the can. The manager will be the one who who ultimately will bear the brunt of the, you know, the poor results, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. that's, that's what will... What's that's how it works. What's interesting is that we spoke to, I spoke to John Palmer at Cheltenham and he said that Nicky Moore gets very little wrong. Um, and even if he may have got some decisions wrong, I would back him to kind of correct those in January. And I, I would give, he said, he, he, his words were, I, I, I would give him, uh, I think he's a really good director of football. And although you know, not ev- not every decision that you make and not every move that you make works. But but he 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 firmly backed him and he's like, you know, I'd back him to kind of get a couple of players in in January and to, to kind of turn it around. So John Palmer, who's got far more experience of dealing with Mickey more than what we have, kind of says that. Then you know, I I I, I will I'll, I'd go with that too. I, I don't I don't see I don't see the yeah I, the, the, I, I'd say that's that that's that's more than fair and I, I'd be prepared to kind of if it was if it was me then. I don't think that there's, there's any danger personally for um for, for Nicky Moore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just the final bit. Sorry, yeah. It's <laughs> the final bit of Gallon. Oh, well, I'm that interesting, am I? <laughs> would uh, would a, a change in tactics with the same players be rewarded in results? I think I think it probably would. Oh, you know, yeah. We've talked that, that there that, is quality that, in that squad, but yeah, it's just not. That, we're not seeing it. I think that's the thing. That that's the big thing for me is I just don't think we're getting enough out of the players that we've got. Um, you know, I, I, I get there's other issues at play. I, I really do get that there's other issues at play. But you know, that the, the squad that they've got here is better than what they're producing at the moment, in my in my opinion. Um, so and, and that 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 is the, the the problem, and that's why I feel like if there was to be a change made, that that that'd perhaps be be the one that, that they'll make. And, and I don't know who what would it be, or I don't even know if it's in the pipeline or whatever. But you know, yeah. The, I do think that we can get more out of the players that we've got. You know, the, some of these players are not bad footballers, um, so they should be doing better than what they're doing. And ultimately, the responsibility for that lies with the coach. Yes, it does. Um, like we said, yeah, the, um, the manager is the one that carries the can. Shrewsby fans, thank you very much for all your questions. Um, just a couple of bits we're going to talk about. We've been uh, we've been chatting on these questions for a while. I just shouted for our our sponsor. 
Choose Views podcast sponsored by the Catlin Toaster Man in Barley Hill. Some fantastic products at some amazing prices. So head along to the catlintoasterman.co.uk to have a look. Oh, we had a bit of news late last week um, that Shrewsby had offered Daniel Udo a, a new contract back earlier in the season. Um, there was all them surfing rumours, wasn't there, last week that we put to bed on the podcast that he'd uh, apparently handed in a transfer request, which we we, we infer, yeah. well, you informed Salad fans was uh, was nonsense. Um, but it sounds like, he, as, it, as it was explained on Thursday, I think, or Thursday or Friday at Matt Taylor's press conference, that they've offered him a contract. Currently, they haven't heard, heard much back, um, but there's a contract on the table as far as it is. What do you make of the, the situation? You know, we, we heard people talking about that and in the transfer request, which, of course, we've rubbished. But he's in the, the final six months or so of his contract. Um, he's got a contract on the table. He's injured at the moment. Um, is it a bit of a worrying situation for Shrewsbury, really, given that Daniel Udo, you know, I know he hasn't had the, no, well, no one at Shrewsbury had the best season, but he's done all right by, by current standards. And, you know, it's probably going to be no secret that if he is out of contract in the summer, there's going to be suitors for him. Yeah, I suppose it is. It is, it is kind of worrying uh, that that he's had a contract, and I suppose the fact that he was offered the contract as as you know that long ago, um, and he still hasn't kind of signed it. Um, whether you know the way that they're playing and you know, perhaps the lack of chances that he thinks that he might be able to go somewhere else, and you know he might kind of have a few more opportunities being a side that kind of creates a little bit more because I think that's one of the big things about town at the moment is it's like I feel like we're crying out we're kind of saying okay we want two strikers we want two strikers but at the end of the day they're not missed they're not Ryan Bowman's not had a chance I can't remember him missing a chance since Notts County when he scored that trick like I cannot remember him having an opportunity and that is the biggest problem so maybe that's the way he feels um I would imagine that a lot of it is just, I mean, I know how these things work, at having some experience of it myself, and, and that players just often, you often kind of sit on things and you wait to see, you don't, I mean, there's no rush. I mean, what do they, what do they need to sign a contract in November for? They don't, you, don't, you don't need to. Um, but it doesn't mean that he's not going to stay. It doesn't mean that he's definitely going. It kind of means at the moment that the situation is kind of fluid and, um We'll have to wait to see um, how it pans out for them. Really, I'd say that's the that's probably that's probably the biggest thing I would say is that it nothing has been decided at the moment, um, and they are very much kind of he's the one player, isn't he? He's the one player in the last year of his contract, and he's very much kind of someone that's a bit of a fan favourite. So we're just going to have to wait and see how it pans out. I think with Dan, um, as I'm sure. Most fans would uh, be desperate to keep him. Just a bit of a, a touch as well on the, the targets, January targets. Obviously, she's beyond the you said they're bringing two strikers. Is Matt Taylor insinuated anything that anything might be close. I know a lot of the, the post match stuff on Saturday was was focused on his, you know, the, the chant in his future and, and, and bad the display was. But is there any? Is there any reason to get excited about potentially incoming soon, Al? Because, like we, well, like we said from the whole podcast, they need him. The problem is, is interviewing managers is a difficult. It's difficult when, you know, these are the results that they're getting. You know, obviously, I had to ask Matt, can, do you think you can turn this around? And obviously, for those that follow me on Twitter and for those that have read the story on the Shropshire Star this morning, you'll have seen that it was not a 
prickly response, but you, you'll have seen Taylor's response to that kind of saying, well, you know, I don't think that's a, a pointless question. So to follow that up with, uh, yeah, do you think you're going to make any sign-ins? I think you might just tell me to, to do one. So in those kind of press conferences, when you kind of have to ask those questions, it becomes increasingly diff difficult to then follow it up with the injury updates and all those kind of things, just because it takes a different tone. Um, to be fair, Matt deals with everything incredibly professionally, to be fair to him. Um, so what, what my understanding of the situation is that we are awaiting uh, Crystal Palace uh, and Wolves. Wolves have been in Abu Dhabi, haven't they? They're back because they're playing Brentford in the FA Cup tomorrow night. Um, and we gather from what Matt said on Thursday is that Crystal Palace don't want to let um, Adam Ola, um, Ola, Adab Ola Adabemi, I think his name is, um, out on loan until after the um, thingy game, uh, the, their FA Cup replay too. One of the things that like, I understood um, from the situation, having kind of spoke to a few contacts, is that I think there's a contractual situation going on with him. Um, and that maybe the perhaps I think I think he was told that he could go out on loan and then he's kind of gone to Shrewsbury. I think he really liked it and he wants to come to Shrewsbury. And then I think he's gone back to Palace and said, yeah, that's fine. You can go, but you've got to sign a new deal. Um, and I think that's then kind of been like, oh, whoa, wow, that wasn't part of the initial uh, the initial plan. Um, so it's just putting a it's just putting a hold on everything. Uh, I'm afraid, which is just not quite, it's not what they need. It's really not what they need. Um, so, yeah, so, so so that's where we are with that. Um, I understand that, you know, they're the primary targets. They're the two that they want. I don't expect them to actually be that much more, that much busier. Um, you know, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they can get those two in and that'll be, that'll be it really. Uh, um, so, yeah, that's my understanding of the situation. Um, with the with the players, uh, you know, I'm reluctant to think, kind of think that the, the two young lads from Premier League clubs, even though I'm sure they're very talented footballers, but you know, are they gonna are they gonna change? Are they gonna change that much at the moment because we're just not creating enough? You know, yeah. it's just not it's just not it's not good enough. Um, so yeah, maybe I'm being too critical. Yeah, it's difficult to see if they're going to be the sole answer, but they will will certainly hopefully do so. A little bit of good if they can get them over the line. Um, just finally, all, as we've already referenced that, haven't we? You know, types of waveform is dire. Three goals on the road. They had to Peter Rivers this weekend and then Northampton. It doesn't get any easier, does it? And it's hard to see in the next couple of weeks how it's going to turn round, really. You know, they might go and spring a surprise. You never know, but on, on recent viewing that doesn't look like it's going to be the case it's going to be another tough afternoon at london road yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know what to add to that like <laughs> yeah we scored three three goals away from home all season like i don't know what it is but we are better at home uh, that's why i thought we'd beat recton because we are better at home um but away from home we have been really really poor um so yeah, you can't see any. It's hard to look past a Peterborough win, really, isn't it? Like, let's be honest. Like, we're not we're not exactly being given kind of reasons to think. Okay, maybe we can, you know, go there and get a result. I mean, I thought Peterborough looked a really good side when we saw them at the Meadow. I thought they looked really, really good. And obviously, they got they beat I think they beat Charlton, didn't they? Um, away from home on Saturday, two one. Um, so yeah, um, 
that's where we're at, I'm afraid. Um, you know, just <laughs> Ollie's, oh, Ollie's face oh, on the camera man, says it all, and that sounds like a really good way to finish finish the podcast. Oh, um, cheers as always, mate. Your face says it all. It's hard to get enthused by anything Shrewsbury at the moment, and it's hard to see when it gets better. As we've just said, the situation is looking a little bit grim at the Crown Meadow. Hopefully, Matt Taylor's men can uh, spring a surprise at London Road on Saturday, but it's hard to see how that's going to happen. Salad fans, thank you once again for listening, and until next time, goodbye.